0: Welcome to Life Lessons in 35mm, a podcast that delves into the life lessons from the silver screen.
1: School might have taught us about history, sciences and maths, but John McLean taught us about how to be cool.
0: Neo taught us the value of free will and the responsibility in making our own choices.
1: Back to the Future taught us our future hasn't been written yet.
0: Our future is whatever we make it. And Pretty Woman taught us that you should never judge a book by its cover. We'll talk about all sorts, love, family heroes storytelling friendship dogs (laughs) wait dogs yeah yeah there's an episode about dogs i figured that people sometimes might want something a little more light-hearted and besides who doesn't love dogs right
1: Nah, that's fair so wherever you are whatever you're doing thanks for joining us
0: So, welcome to episode 8 of Life Lessons in 35mm. I just about remember the name of it, it's been a while. Uh, as always, with Andrew. How are you doing?
1: Very good, Nick. You've, you've been on eh? hard that's, AA. That's why we haven't been recording. It's not me, I've been ready. I've been
0: waiting and ready to record this amazing episode. I know. See, what's, it's weird though, because obviously there was a bigger gap between our last two episodes and this more recent two. So it probably feels like the, the, the most recent episode, the Good Will Hunting one, was actually it was actually recorded before I we went on holiday, but it came out while I was on holiday or just after I got back. But it's been a while, yeah. Yeah, it's to be fair. One of the things with with um, producing a
1: podcast is um, you've got to obviously record record the the podcast. You've got to do your research for the podcast. You need to um, film the podcast and then edit the
0: podcast and um, and also live and. <laughs> <laughs> that's an that's an important important extra, isn't it? Living in between in between all these things, getting that balance right, it's, it's quite difficult. Having jobs, living, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and obviously
1: tying up the, the fact that you're in England, and I'm in, in New Zealand, and we can only record for a certain hours of the day. I think we do a very good job. To be honest, Nick,
0: let's give ourselves a big pat on the back. Well done, us.
1: <laughs> yeah, Tam, <damn> right? Um, <laughs> no, I mean it's just the fact that we've got like, well. It'll be eight episodes when this is um, um, produced, and that's amazing, no? Yeah,
0: well, I I also, um, I like the fact that we started off with such good intentions of having loads, like, recorded. So we always had one in the bank. Like, we always had, like, several pre-done before the last, latest one went out. And we've just got into the habit of just recording and putting the latest one out whenever we can. Because, obviously, like I said, living, working, being on a different, down the opposite sides of the world wasn't as easy as we thought was it (laughs) it
1: really wasn't you had to make the the hard choice of go on holiday or record more podcasts and
0: you chose the holiday so I did yeah I did although I did I I suppose with good reason though because I did Re I realized uh the other day that it had been two years since my last holiday so you know thought it was about time that's meant wasn't it I think
1: like yeah I mean this this whole pandemic thing it really like it just spaced out the holidays a little bit. like um, It just inconvenienced us, didn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder, like, across the world, like, if you were to, like, average out people's leave balance. Because um, mine, I've got a ton of leave. I'm I'm ready to,
0: to go somewhere. See, I, I, I still used mine because I wanted time off. I just didn't go anywhere. But then I suppose a bit like, probably a bit like you... In the UK, it's different, so it's level, different levels, right? But in the UK, we live in a place where pe- where people holiday in the UK. So for us, during lockdown, it's kind of like you're on holiday anyway, because I can be on the beach in like 20 minutes. And so, and I guess for you, because you live in like a big holiday destination, being at home is kind of like being on holiday f- at certain times, isn't it? So. It is, So so the, the weekend's
1: like a holiday for me. So you actually took leave... What did you what did you do?
0: Just just, just stay at home. Yeah, well, d- during the first lockdown, uh obviously we didn't take any leave in the first proper lockdown because we couldn't do anything. But then once they like eased restrictions and you were allowed to like drive for 20 minutes, we just took some time off and because we because we bought a house as well, we did loads of house stuff and then basically we would just spend our time going out to the coast, going to the beaches, walking the coast path, that kind of stuff. The kind of stuff we'd do on holiday really. We just happened to do it locally rather than somewhere else so well, that sounds good man just have a bit of a break yeah no
1: i'm um i'm yeah i'm either waiting for the borders to open or for me to find someone to do something with so <laughs> again yeah um this is an advertisement if um, anyone's got any time for me <laughs> and they're in the queenstown lakes um area just tell them. use it as like a classified section of a, new- of a newspaper <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much <laughs> So um, today we're going to be doing our episodes. Um, it's going to be on, on The Matrix, a 1999 smash hit. I mean,
0: it's, it's got to be a smash hit, isn't it? It was huge when it came out, Nick. It was. It's huge. And I, I say both of us have been quite looking forward to this because it's such an awesome film, isn't it? So I've been looking forward to it. Did you Did you happen to see it at the cinema when it came out? Because I know you you probably would have only been, what, 13 at the time? No, I did not go. God, that really um, dates the film and probably dates me.
1: Thirteen is that right?
0: Well, I was fifteen, I think, when it came out because I saw it at the cinema, and I'm a couple of years older than you, aren't I? I swear, it's, I'm just thinking like
1: um, back when, because like it was 1999, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, when the the change of into like the new millennia was going to be happening, and it was like a real big thing, and me and my friends were talking about going out in town, so I'm trying to. like was i like 13 14 trying to get
0: out for a big night out you absolute heathen <laughs> at, that, <laughs> no. at that age how does that work no. i don't know see because I, yeah, I remember so it, it was 1999 and this is going to date me that's the year i did my gcse so i finished i finished like secondary school and i remember it came out in the summer of that that year and i'm i'm um, my birthday's in August, so I'm one of the youngest in the year. But I was just 15 when it came out. So I was, I was able to go and see it. And I remember seeing it with a few friends from school and stuff. And it was awesome. It was because it, 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 it's, it's one of those films that you kind of, if you have a chance, you've got to see it at the cinema. And I didn't know anything, much about it. But I know that was still at the time when... Films would be released in the US like a few weeks or months before they came to the UK. And one of my friends from school had been on holiday in the US. So he'd seen it earlier that year and he'd been building up. And obviously we'd had trailers and stuff. But at the time, this is before like YouTube and stuff. So you you didn't see film trailers unless you went to the cinema, really, or the occasional one on TV. So it's one of those great occasions where I went into this film, not knowing much about it, but really excited about it. With a bunch of friends at the end of school, start you know into the summer holidays. It was just an all-round awesome experience, and it's still like probably one of my favorite science fiction action movies of all time. It's so so good.
1: I can't I can't imagine going to see that at the cinema as a young like teenager. Um, I think certainly what you're going to be taking from the film is going to be different to probably what you're taking from it now as a
0: thirty-eight. Year old. Yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah. Um, no, yeah, totally. Obviously, at the time, as a fifteen-year-old, really, or like, or like, my my thing at the time was like mostly action movies. So this was just a great action, sci-fi, modern blockbuster when I saw it. And obviously, you know, we've said before there's loads to talk about for the film, and I I loved it when I saw it, and I still love it now for those very same reasons. But I also get more out of it now because I kind of have a wider appreciation of film as a as of art form and stuff, but yeah, no, I loved it. I, I was just—I'll always remember that experience of seeing it at the cinema. And it's one—it's one of the films that I've seen at the cinema. Owned it on VHS, owned it on DVD, owned it on Blu-ray, and now own it on 4K. It's one of those films that I'll always have a copy of because I just—I don't watch it very often, but it's one I—I I always I like to have just so I can watch it when I when I feel like when I feel the urge. Yeah,
1: when when I first watched it, obviously you come out of it, and it's that whole like Kung Fu Fever and kind of feeling of like wanting to like do bullet time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, watching it again it's really well directed and the script is just like it's so good isn't it it's so perfect some of the things that um, particularly like Morpheus says um, to Neo that like it's it's almost the the talking scenes that those are the ones that, uh, that the scenes
0: that I look forward to um, watching the most yeah, well, it's interesting because I, 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 before, we, before we hit record on this, I said to you, didn't I, that I literally just watched it just now in preparation. So I think I said before that this is a film I could go into a big discussion about without having watched it recently because I know it so well. But because we're going to talk about it now, I, and I had, a, I had a few hours spare this evening, I thought, I'm going to sit down and watch it, just, you know, get myself in, in, in the zone. And, um, yeah, I found myself, again, just watching it thinking there is some great, or, like, it's great direction generally, but it's a great dialogue. And what I think it does really well, which is quite rare, is it, it gets the right balance of having really good, um, like, memorable quotes, but not just for the sake of being memorable. They actually contribute to, like, the story and what you're, and, you know, the the kind of plot points that you're going through. So there's loads of really, really brilliantly written lines. So I think it's quite like an efficient script, particularly, like I said, with the way Morpheus speaks. He says a lot in not many words. And it's. I think it's really, really well written. I think that was probably overlooked when it came out because of like the bullet time and the sort of like the bigger concept of it all. I think actually it's probably quite easy to overlook how good some of the writing is.
1: Morpheus is like the leather clad um, Yoda, isn't he? You know? <laughs> <laughs> just taller. Yeah, he's just a taller version of Yoda. Uh, probably a little bit bit cooler. Oh, hang on, no, sure, surely the Oracle is is Yoda, right? Ah, true. There's a lot of people talking um, on a different plane, and but but yeah, I, I think the key to it is the Wachowski brothers um, now sisters um, because they've um, gone through transformation. They um, they clearly had a point they clearly had a central theme a thread that they just wove through the whole script and because of that as you say that the script whereas it's not very long it knows what it's wanting to say in, in every line
0: yeah it's 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 like a super tight efficient script and i just think it's it's great I, there's you know just going through it in my head now there's so many lines that kind of used that stick out in the memory that you think oh that's a great line oh that works really well oh that's you know that you almost like there's, there's probably a lot of bits of it that you could it must have been the easiest film ever to make a trailer for <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: true so yeah we're, we're going to be talking about it in the context of first of all when, when uh, i thought about doing this episode i thought it could be a lot of different lessons but the the, the name of this episode is how the matrix teaches us that we are all the one So that's going to be our central theme, and um, this could be a three-hour podcast, because there's so many things to talk about, and hopefully we get to touch upon them all, and hopefully it doesn't take three hours. But even if it did, it'd still be worth having the conversation, because it's, like you said, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, I mean, screw everyone else's time. I'm I'm keen to get into this. (laughs) Yeah so um it's kind of difficult to to um get a starting point as to like where we should start with it um i'll just quickly read the um synopsis from imdb so um those who haven't watched it and if you haven't watched it as we always say with these films there's going to be um spoilers obviously i have to say this
0: is this is probably the one film <laughs> that 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 everyone who listens to this definitely will have seen because if if you haven't what are you doing listening to a film podcast if you haven't seen the matrix honestly
1: i actually watched it with my housemate the other day Alison. she hadn't watched it oh for god's sake <laughs> i know 20 you live 27 years of your life and you haven't seen the matrix it's oh, madness good lord So the the synopsis is, when a beautiful stranger leads a computer hacker Neo into a forbidding underworld, he discovers the shocking truth. The life he knows is the elaborate deception
0: of an evil cyber intelligence. See, that sounds really corny and not very good. (laughs) (laughs) To to bring back a word from, from when I was a kid, that sounds a bit naff, to be honest but uh, it, it absolutely does not does not do justice to what the actual film is but it's funny try i suppose how do you summarize the matrix in like a couple of sentences can i have a go go have a go go on
1: okay There's this this sky neo he's like computer he's, he likes his computers and shit and then someone says ah oh, d- you know you want to know what the matrix is and he's like yeah yeah he goes go on i'll have a bit of this red pill so he has the red pill and he goes goes into the real world and he's like shit this wasn't the real one he's like no no it wasn't that wasn't the real world but you are the one he goes what (laughs) what's what's the one and he's like yeah you'll you'll figure out you'll figure out and then he learns kung fu and then he goes to like an oracle she says yeah you're not the one and he goes oh yeah thought so and then then he decides slowly that he is the one and then he
0: stops bullets and
1: then he flies at the end
0: See that, yeah, that you should just write that on IMDb. Just, just edit. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like it too. This
1: this episode is already going to shit, by the way. Um,
0: so yeah, where to start? So, I, I kind of wrote down something. Um... Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't Why don't we start with just why did you want to talk about? Because this was obviously your choice of film. Because we've been we've been throwing some ideas back and forth about what the next one we were going to do is, and you said. Because I know we had planned to do The Matrix at some point, but you just said, oh, why don't we just do The Matrix? Because it's, you know, it's a bit different to the other films we've done. So let's just do that. So why don't you start with what made you want to do this film and why, why was it that this particular lesson that you wanted to start with, what was it about the film that made you want to talk about it in that way? So maybe why don't we start there and we'll kind of develop on that.
1: Well, Nick, um, my, my story with this, uh, this film actually starts before The Matrix was actually developed oh do tell yeah i remember i was in asda a chain of supermarkets in the uk i was um in, in the line waiting for um, our products to be put through so you know i was watching the woman she was like scanning the products um you, you, i was looking at like the hundreds of shoppers going going about their chores like buying um putting things into their shopping basket and like i must have been about like eight years old or something and a thought crossed my mind like what if like I'm the only person who's actually like living this experience and everyone else is like robots. That's a big
0: thought for an eight-year-old. <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs> you You were ask you were asking some big questions when you were when you were a young child. I, I literally thought I was
1: thinking, if that's the case, if everything else is like robots and everyone else is like not a consciousness, it's just like kind of living in my my world like i am the center i am the center of my story i remember thinking that like literally at that age
0: well i suppose that that's a bit more understandable because obviously like when you're a kid you are the center of your own universe aren't you but that's yeah that's still quite a quite a big philosophical question to ask yourself when you're eight years old <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i i think that's what makes the matrix really interesting and um that's the the kind of thread that i want to speak about is I do believe that this film teaches us that we are the one. It's the classic um, hero archetype. And if we are, if, if you think about our lives as being like the hero's archetype, it's like we all have the, the potential to be like Neo and to choose kind of um, our futures, our purpose, like ascend to a, a greater level of kind of consciousness and um, really take ownership of our lives. So, so there's a few things there, um, and and I'm probably talking the film up a little bit too much. Like
0: people are like thought oh, it was just bullet time and shit. Well, no, because I think actually there's there's a um, there's a really interesting point in the Matrix about the idea of free will versus like fate or pre like predestination kind of thing. So I think there is there's definitely something in there about that, and I think there's an interesting um, this in this interesting idea that you know. Being freed from the matrix, neo becomes the master of his own destiny because he end, he kind of gets to see the actual reality. but I think there is also an argument that says even when he has supposed free will, there is a little bit of maybe not fate, but maybe he doesn 't quite have as much free will as what we think and what he thinks he has because of his because of um, the kind of journey he goes on so I think there 's definitely something in there about this idea of a hero taking control of his own path if you like and yeah so yeah i can understand why that's a thread that kind of stands out to you if you like
1: it's interesting isn't it like i've had this conversation with with people in the past and i've not really i don't really understand why certain people think on one side or the other side but I've, i've asked this question i'll ask you it now um do you believe in fate do you believe that you have a predestined kind of future or do you believe that you're a kind of sovereign being and you make your own choices
0: I see that, that it's a question that I've thought about before and I honestly don't really know I don't really know which side which side I, I lean towards because I think everyone likes to think they have control over their own life and their own choices and their own journey etc and I think most for the most part people probably do believe they have control of their own of their own destiny if you like but it's funny because i I'm, i suppose i would probably lean more towards that but there have been things you know there's been plenty of times over the past few years or whatever over the past 10 12 years whatever it might be where i've kind of thought like i feel like i'm meant to be doing this or meant to be where i am so do you remember um I think when we did our Garden State episode, we talked about like, it's OK about not knowing what your path is and you kind of figure it out as you go along. And I remember, I think I told you about the fact that obviously, you know, as you know, I live in live in the southwest of the UK, but I wasn't born here. I was born in um, around Oxfordshire area where we met, which is quite far away. And, and, you know, I used to come down to Devon on holiday as a kid, but I had no real ties here. And me and Beck decided to move here. She went to university down here. So she had more of a connection than me, but we didn't, have, we didn't have any friends here. But we ended up living here and it kind of feels like home. And it felt like home very quickly after I moved down here. So that wasn't necessarily a decision I probably would have thought I'd have made. Maybe if you'd have asked me that 10 years ago, do you think you'll ever end up living in this particular place? I probably would have said, well, no, because I've got no real ties there. But But at the same time it it does feel like i belong here now and and it's felt like that for quite a while so that's why there's been several occasions where there's, you know that i said more than probably more than several but there's been plenty of occasions where i just like you know when something just feels like you're supposed to be doing what you're doing or you're supposed to be where you are so when you kind of get those kind of feelings it's hard to it's hard to to think well it just it poses the question of was i always meant to end up here then if this is where i feel like i'm supposed to be now have I guided myself here or has something else guided me here? So it's a funny, it's a funny question. And honestly, I don't really know definitively if I'm one way or the other, but I think I probably lean more towards the side of, I like to think I have control over my own life and my own choices and stuff. What What about you? Where, which side, which side do you lean towards? I mean, I, I'm all about,
1: I, I, do, I do believe that I'm in control of my life and, I need to put myself into the positions to give me the life that I want. If I just wait and expect that life is just gonna, and put something on a plate for me, it's just never gonna happen. I was recently, I was talking to um, this girl about it and she was like talking about like dating and she was saying like, she, she goes, ah, oh, with guys, it's a, it's a numbers game, isn't it? You, you've gotta um, like approach as many girls as possible um, because if a, if a man just waits for a girl to approach him he's never going to ever <laughs> be with a girl and i was like yeah actually it's it's very true and i think that the same goes for anything in my life i need to if i want something i need to go out and get it if um if if i, I kind of there's no no good fantasizing about something i mean fantasies is, are, are good that they give you a target but ultimately without strategy and with, without action
0: I suppose what I'm talking about, though, is more about the idea of, not about the idea of just sitting and waiting for life to happen to you in a, in a sense, but is there another, yeah, is there like a preordained... I'll stop you there, Nick. No. I'm going to say no. But let because, le, le, you know, for the most part, people don't, we like to think, most people don't just sit there and let life happen to them in the sense that they're expecting something great to happen if they just sit there and wait. But what I mean is some of the choices that you've made or some of the actions that you've taken, just the idea that could there have been something that led you to those choices that perhaps you weren't in control of? So that's the, so I, I, that's the way I'm thinking about it. Not so much as I'm just sitting waiting to see what happens to me and hopefully fate will give me a great life. Because I, ultimately I agree that you have to take action. You have to take control of your own choices and make the right decisions. But is there something, is there some other other force, or the power, whatever you want to call it, is there something that leads you to the decisions that you've made that's not in your control?
1: That's when we start talking about like the great divine and like, um, you know, this idea that there's a, another, like a, a higher level of something that's obviously making these choices, um, well, kind of planning out your life for you. And um, I'm, I don't think I'm that
0: special, but I am the one. <laughs> I, well we're, we're we're all the one aren't we <laughs> apparently yeah. no i i have to say like yeah i've to say at this point because i i i'm i'm with you like i i kind of sometimes it feels maybe like you're meant to be doing something and you and it just feels right but i don't yeah I, I think i'm with you and i don't really necessarily agree that my whole life has been pre i feel like that's serendipity though right yeah but so like i said i i do kind of i i believe very much in kind of like you know Uh, taking control of your own life and stuff so it's not to say that i'm i and if but if people i i just think it's an interesting discussion point isn't it because i think some people you probably get people at either ends of the spectrum and there's a lot of people in the middle and i think whatever you believe is absolutely fine i just think it's an interesting discussion point because i think based on what happens to you you would probably you know probably end up one way or the other um so it's just it's just an interesting one
1: i think i think that's that's a really good point actually it's like um a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way like um you know the, the good thing about people who do nothing and expect that life's gonna like what will happen will happen it's like they'll they'll always be
0: right right <laughs>
1: because whatever happens does happen
0: yeah well this is this is an interesting point right and that's to bring let's to bring it back to the film now because while we're talking about the idea of fate versus free will and taking control of your own choices and stuff that's obviously a, quite an interesting part of of um of what the matrix is because basically neo is sold this idea that the matrix is control that everything is decided and everything is planned out for you and it's just a, it's just a alter alternate reality that you are you're existing in outside of your own control whereas if you're in the free will you have if you're in the free uh, the real world sorry you have the idea of free will so basically you're saying that the blue pill is fate you know you're going back to the matrix you're your, your life has been pre-decided. The red pill is your free will. Uh, is your free will? Um, so Morpheus is kind of selling these two ideas. And obviously Neo picks the real world with the idea that it might not be pretty and it might not be as pleasant as The Matrix, but it, it's real and it's true and you get the chance to have your own free will. But actually, and I think um, we'll probably talk about <laughs> this scene because I think it's such a crucial scene for the entire film, is when Neo meets the Oracle because obviously the Oracle is the all knowing being who knows, well, you know, Matrix says, uh, Morpheus says she doesn't know the future. She says she knows enough and all she's going to do is guide your, is guide, is like guide you all down towards the right path. But actually talking about the, you, you mentioned just now like a self-fulfilling prophecy. The Oracle is an interesting one because obviously she's kind of like selling this like, well, Morpheus is selling this idea of free will in the real world. actually, if the Oracle is this all-knowing being who tells you exactly what you need to hear, she's basically, uh, and is there as a guide, telling you, what, the, you know, what you need to hear in order to make the right choices. She's kind of preordaining your path for you. So you're, it might feel like free will because you're making, you're making choices, but you're making choices based on what she suggested to you. So actually, is there free will or are her prophecies actually self-fulfilling? Well,
1: well, yeah. I, I think like, um,
0: was it Morpheus that says, says like um, she tells you what you need to hear? Exactly. So, is it does Neo actually have free will in the real world, or because he's because he's gone in to meet the Oracle and she's listened to what he's listened to what she said to him? He's now got that in his head, and he then you know she says to him, "You're going to have to make a choice." So he's got this in his head that he's got to make a decision at some point. He's got to make a choice of a, When something happens in his future, so he's kind of because he's thinking about that already. The pro, of course, the of course, the Oracle's prophecy is going to come true because she's told him what he's going to have to do. So it, it's the, this idea, so I think, it's an interesting idea that in the in the real world, he had this idea that you have free will. But actually, how much free will does Neo actually exercise in the film? Because a lot of what he's doing is based on what Morpheus and the Oracle is telling him he should do. What will happen? I disagree. I disagree. I think um,
1: he's actually, his whole journey is just choice, choice, choice. The Matrix kind of reminds me of, do you remember those Choose Your Own Adventure books? Really popular in like the 80s and, and 90s. Um, so the idea was you'd you'd start reading the story and then you'd come to a certain page where a decision, um, like a binary decision would be, it's like you either like kiss the girl or like um, go home early. You, you either like... Um, choose to slay the dragon or like, um, I don't know, um, go and play com- computer games. I don't know what that adventure <laughs> would be. But um, he, he's constantly put against um, decision, 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 and it leads him to a certain path. So, for example, um, um, when he's speaking to Morpheus on the phone for, for, for the first time, he, he says um, you either have to like choose the scaffolding and go around the building or go into their custody. And the next scene is him in in the custody of the um, the, the agents um, when he has that bug inside him and um, Trinity is speaking with him and she says like it's um, our way or the highway.
2: Fine. Please, Neo, you have to trust me. Why? Because you have been down there, Neo. You know that road. You know exactly where it ends.
0: And I
1: know that's not where you want to be. So again, she says uh, you can either um, choose to run away or take the kind of hero's path, blue pill or red pill, choice. Um, and then there's the the, the unplugging of Morpheus because I think the Oracle says you'll have to make a choice whether to save Morpheus or, or give your life.
2: I don't believe this is happening. You know, this has to be done, does not
1: I don't know, I... can't be
2: just coincidence it can't be what are you talking about the oracle she told me this would happen she told me that i would have to make a choice what choice
1: what are you doing i'm going in so there's this constant theme of like him choosing and these two separate paths and he chooses, apart from the first instance with the scaffolding or, or going to the custody, he he chooses the hero's path each time. And I th- I thought this was, this was really interesting because I was lo- trying to look at a lot of different um, articles about the film and about Neo as a character. And I, I came across like one <laughs> feminist article and um, I thought it'd be interesting, like read what, what um, they were saying. And it, the premise of it was the fact that well, but first of all, like Neo is part of the patriarchy, which <laughs> was um, great. Also, he's like the most undeserving of heroes because he doesn't actually do anything to be given the power of the One. Um, so even his like powers, um, if you think about the the training that he gets given, oh, I know kung fu. You know, he he gets just loaded up these um these uh, the power to to fight kung fu but um it's it's totally missing the point of the matrix that as opposed to more traditional heroes who might be like strong or might be really intelligent or might be really you know this or that neo is is a a normal person what sets him apart is he
0: chooses to become the one here's an interesting thing then right Uh, so you've mentioned a few choices he makes And I just, to play devil's advocate, so that the the choices he makes after he meets Trinity for the first time, so the scaffolding one, I think that was basically, he was going to end up doing one or the other. And I think you're right, he ends up going into the custody agents, but all the other three, I think the the decision he makes is influenced. So therefore, again, is it his actual free will? So let's let's say the first one, it's our way or the highway, he chooses the highway and they they stop him because he actually goes to get out of the car, doesn't he? And they say, and Trinity has to stop him and say, "No, you've been that way before." So she influences him to stay with them. When he chooses the red pill or the, ble- or the or the blue pill, Morpheus basically says, "Take the red, take the blue pill, and you can stay in this false reality where you're a slave and you're under control. Or if you take the red pill, I'm offering you truth. Who's not? I mean, who's not going to choose the truth? But that's he, he says. That's all I'm offering you."
1: That's all I'm offering you.
0: Yeah. So later on, Cipher says, says that who's in, in, an interesting point. Of this like it says, I know what you're thinking. Why? Why didn't I take the blue pill? Because of course, if you know, if someone says to you, would you rather live in a lie or do you want to know what? Do you want to know the truth? I think most people would say they want to know the truth. And again, so let's come back to that final choice about his decision to to try and save Morpheus. I think again, he's influenced by the Oracle because she says. When she, when she tells him he's not the one. Well, actually, to be fair, she doesn't tell him that. He says it himself. He says, "I know you know what you, I, you know. You know what I'm going to say. I'm not the one. Yeah, sorry, kiddo." But she also says, um, "I don't know what we'd do without Morpheus." And she and he says, "What do you mean?" And basically, she's emphasizing the importance of Morpheus, and she's just made him believe he's not the one. So therefore, I.e., Morpheus is more important than you are. So of course she's she's influenced him well if he has a choice between himself and morpheus she's made it very clear that morpheus is super important and he's not the one of course he's going to choose to save morpheus so i think she's almost influencing his decision so her thing becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because she has planted that seed in neo in neo's mind that says you're going to have to save morpheus by the way mate because he's more important than you are At, at that point so i think that's why and he obviously he the whole idea is in order to become the one, he has to believe he's the one. And that's why we can all be the one. But I think at that point, he's not there yet. So she's kind of influencing him to say, I don't know what we do without Morpheus. Oh, and by the way, you're gonna to have, to have to have a choice whether you save him or not later on after telling him how important he is. So I think there is an argument there to say that all of those choices he makes have been influenced in some way and they're not entirely his own free will. Yeah, I mean, you could say
1: that they're manipulating him into being the one, but um, I, I don't know. I I I can't like the one is the one. It's like um, you can't manipulate someone into being the one. He's the one, or he's not the one. So even if they're even if they're they're giving these trials and tribulations, if he wasn't the one, he wouldn't choose the the the, the red pill. If he wasn't the one, he would have taken the highway, you know. Um, the and and. There's this model that's created by a guy called um, Joseph Campbell in his book um, "The Hero with a Thousand Faces," which speaks on how myths and legends have kind of created this myths and legends that have spanned, you know, thousands of years and even from a geography perspective, thousands of, of miles all all across the world. Whereas they might be. Um, different in culture they all have similar themes throughout and so he created this this model which which is it's, it's very familiar so it's um i think it's a 12 step thing so it's um call to adventure meeting a mentor which would be morpheus crushing a threshold which would be obviously coming out of the matrix into the real world trials and failure now trials and failure is obviously th- these. And gauntlets that are constantly passed down to to Neo where he's got to choose. And the whole point of the hero's journey is not that he succeeds straight away. He has to have that failure and we slowly see him changing over, to, over time. So um, the next is growth in new skills, followed by death and rebirth, revelation, final changes, atonement, gets gift, and then the change. So each hero goes through this um, this pattern. And I hear what you're saying about um, you know people trying to, um, they, they still give them two options. And as a human, we're always given two options in life. And the, the key thing isn't how necessarily we go about choosing those things. The key thing is that we choose the right option each time that takes us in the path that we want to go. So let me be in devil's advocate,
0: but I'm all for um, free choice with with Neo. Well, see, this is and this is the thing, right? Because I think um, that his and this comes back to the whole your whole point about it shows us that we are all the one. Because obviously, yeah, he has these choices to make. I I happen to see some some value in the argument that he has. He's influenced to have to he's pre-influenced to make certain decisions on his way. But the key thing is not for me, the necessarily the decisions that he makes that make him the one. I think it's the fact that he starts to believe in himself because of things that happen on the way. So, and I think he starts to believe in himself because um, I think of Trinity has a hugely important role to play in that. Cause I think we talked about her before and I actually think when going back and watching it again and thinking a bit more about it, I think she actually has a really crucial role to play in Neo believing he's the one. So I think, yeah, there's a, I think there is a degree of free will, but I also think there is a big degree of predestination and fate there. But I also think the key thing for him to becoming the one is about self-belief and starting to believe he is the one. And that's why it links to this idea that we are all the one. If you believe in, if you believe in something and you believe in yourself enough, you can become the one. Well,
1: what's interesting about, if we go back to the Oracle, because because I think the Oracle, let's play that scene, because I think um, it's, it's just a good idea to give people a bit of context.
2: You know why Morpheus brought you to see me. So, what do you think? Do you think you are the one? Honestly, I don't know. You know what that means? It's Latin. means know thyself. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Being the one is just like being in love. No one can tell you you're in love. You just know it through and through, balls to bones. Well, I better have a look at you. Open your mouth, say, ah. Ah. Okay. Now, I'm supposed to say, hmm, that's interesting. But then you say. But what? But. You already know what I'm going to tell you. I'm not the one. Sorry, kid. You got the gift. But it looks like you're waiting for something. What? Your next life, maybe. Who knows? That's the way these things go. What's funny? Morpheus uh he almost had me convinced
1: i know so I, I think this scene is kind of critical for for many reasons so, so if you take the the scene in this entirety i think one of the the characters maybe it was cypher he says like if um morpheus truly believes that he is the one why hasn't he taken neo to see the the oracle so this is this is obviously very very important in this world then he's get te- he gets taken along, and what's really interesting is we're we're probably expecting like a private meeting between two people, right? But he gets in there, and he's in a room full of kids, and what the oracle describes, I think, as other potentials. So this this again leads me to believe that we are all the one. The um, the fact that these kids are all potentials; they all have the potential to become the one. If Neo was just in a room on his own, obviously like it's pre- predestined, right? It's like, um, you're, you're saying that the Oracle's like trying to manipulate him, what's the need of everyone else? She knows who the one is, but maybe the one is, so- cause I think she says something like you, you've, you've got the, the gift, but she insinuates that, um, it's, it's only th- through believing that's that's when you become and she mentions something about love doesn't she it's
0: like being in love you can't explain it but you know when you feel it sort of thing yeah yeah exactly
1: so maybe neo is the one because he ch- chooses maybe the, all the other potentials they don't um get to that higher sense of um you know that that transformative state because they don't have that choice that to believe, you know, because like arguably belief is a choice. You've got to get to a point where you, you, you have to say to yourself, you know, I am this person or I'm not. And that is ultimately a choice.
0: Yeah. And I think, yeah, it is, it is a choice, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a point you have to get to. Um, cause it's not, it's not, it's not, there's not a moment of choice, is it? It's not, you get to a, you'd like to get to a fork in the road and you say, right now, if I ask Iceland's spot, do you believe or not? Cause obviously at that point he doesn't believe cause he says Morpheus almost haven't had me convinced, but then by the end he does believe. So there is still a journey to go on to get to that, but to get to that point of belief, it's not just a, a fork in the road where all of a sudden you have to choose and that's it. You're you've, you've chosen one way or the other, like the red and blue pill. Once you've chosen the red pill, he says, you can't go back it's not like saying now you've now you've now you've said you don't believe you're the one you can never be the one it's something you have to kind of build up to over that we have to build on and and kind of develop through through the story but yeah i think i think that scene with the oracle is is the absolute crux of everything because and again i i also think there's an interesting little the first thing that happens don't worry about the don't worry about the vase and then he knocks it over and then she obviously says what will really bake your noodle later on is would you still have knocked it over if I hadn't said anything? So again, there's this idea of influence and self-fulf- self-fulfilling self prophecies kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I think, um, and I think you're right. You know, it's an interesting the fact that she brings up the idea of love and it's something, being the one is not something you can describe. It's something you just know or you don't, a bit like being in love. And I think actually love has a really important role to play in Neo's journey to becoming the one because I think it helps him you know, the love of Trinity helps him believe in himself.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting, that, um, the Trinity thing. And uh, one of the questions that I posed to you, and I'm not sure if you've got an answer for this or not, was what her role in this film is. Because arguably, when Neo dies, when he um, gets shot by Agent Smith, she she hovers over him and says you can't be dead because the oracle told me that i would fall in, in love with the one and then and then she kisses kisses him right so is that significant <laughs> or 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 did it just like play into a quite kind of a nice hollywood script do you think
0: so i think well when we first talked about it i was sort of like i wasn't quite sure what I thought and I've since so I can't claim credit this is this is all my own um, thoughts because I I read something about this as well so yeah because initially it does sort of seem like it's it's quite it's a good thing I suppose in Hollywood terms to have a love story in there because it gives you know it's a good chance to bring in a female character um, because also what I will say is if she is there for the purpose as a romantic lead she is so much more than that. At the same time, Trinity is a really, really awesome character in her own right. Um, but actually, I think I think she fits into it in more of a um, taking like a religious concept. So her name is Trinity, and again, this is what I've read about this because I'm not I'm not religious, um, so I don't know kind of I know the, the you know the basics you learn at school kind of thing, and it's all like the terminology and stuff familiar. But obviously, the the name Trinity in itself carries carries religious. Mostly Christian, but also other religious connotations, so in let's say let's say Christianity, the Trinity it represents a unity of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, or the Father the Son, and the Holy Ghost and then as I, so I read in a in Christian view of salvation, we can receive eternal life through the Trinity, and the matrix is centered around almost like a unity between of a relationship that develops between um, three characters Morpheus who is God or the father, Neo, who is Jesus Christ or the son and Trinity, who is the Holy spirit or the Holy ghost. And it says that God is the savior who offers us salvation. In this case, Morpheus, he offers salvation to Neo and he offers it through Jesus Christ, or in this case, Neo, because he is the one who, and he can only, we can only know to, we can only come to know the power of Jesus Christ or the one through the power of the Holy spirit, or Trinity in this case. So in the Matrix, Trinity serves as a uniting force that gives us access to Neo and gives him the access to his power to become the One. I tell you what, Nick. I tell you what. If you
1: if you came out with this on your own, <laughs> I'd be stopping doing the podcast. I'll just let you do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, because well, so so that's the thing. So I, I, that the, the bit about. Um, you know, the, the the way in which the salvation is offered and how, and how you access that or how you, how you um, experience that salvation, that's the bit I kind of read up on. But actually, if you read that stuff and you just substitute, you substitute Morpheus in for God or the Father, Jesus, uh, Neo in for Jesus Christ or the Son, and Trinity in for the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, it all, it all makes sense. So actually, in this case, so yeah, so basically, Morpheus believes that Neo can save humanity and without without Trinity, Neo cannot be that savior because, um, so, you know, so how does Trinity allow Neo to access that power or that salvation? It's through love because she says, you know, like you said, she says, the Oracle told me that I'd fall in love and that man that I loved would be the one. So, and love is something that we can all kind of understand. It's a concept that we can all understand and believe in. So it's not some kind of, galaxy brain ultra idea that exists on a different plane within within the the realms of the matrix and all that stuff love is a concept that we can all understand and basically in this in this simple idea that in order to believe in himself to become the one trinity is in love with neo she makes him she believes in him morpheus believes in him they help him believe in himself and he becomes the one. So I actually think the trinity does have a really important role to play and you can actually link that back to and maybe maybe it's maybe it's the intention maybe it's not but you can clearly link it to this idea of this religious trinity where you have these this this kind of united force of three characters or three beings that are, that provide salvation for in this case the human race. So I think she has got a really important role to play and I just think it's 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 Um, represented through the idea of love because that is a concept and something that as an audience we can understand and we can get behind and we can really root for what's really interesting is the fact that you say understand
1: and it's it's kind of like the matrix in 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 many ways because it's all about like belief right and um, it's like to it's about giving in love is about giving in well it
0: also it, it adds it adds it adds real stakes to it, doesn't it? You know, like if if you you know, obviously we're following, like you said, we're following Neo Neo on his hero's journey, and you know we. We've got this other character Morpheus who's kind of brought him into this world and you've got this other character Trinity and obviously Morpheus we've made, it's been made very clear to us all throughout the film that Morpheus is already he's a hero because he started this whole revolution for the humans he's their leader in their belief system Neo we think is the one and actually Trinity is in love with Neo and actually having that relationship between the two gives us something else to root for adds a bit of adds some adds some something at stake you know if Neo dies Trinity loses the person she loves and actually, you know, Neo is in love with her as well. So I think it just adds something extra, adds, it raises the stakes of the whole story to something beyond just, you know, basically becoming the one. It kind of adds something else there to root for.
1: Hey um so just to move on because we've got so much to speak about. We have, we have we're we're already 55 minutes in dearly. You are kidding me. <laughs> so um another question I've got for you Nick is um who is the enemy? Who is the bad? Who, who is the big bad?
0: Yeah, well it, it depends it depends what you see as the end goal, I suppose. Because in in the in in neo's journey the end game is to free humans from the matrix so if that's your end game then the the big bad is ai isn't it in this instance, because it's it, it's the machines. It's that it's the it's the age-old battle between man and machine, isn't it? <laughs> you know, as Morpheus says, their their goal is to turn humans into a power source, into a battery. So if if that if that's the journey that you follow, the machines, the AI, that's the big bad that you have to that we've got to take down in order to free humanity. So I suppose, in very simple terms, literal terms in the film, that's the big bad. I
1: guess for me, you've got two kind of opposing forces here. You've got the illusionary and then you've got truth. So remember, Morpheus says, like, the only thing he can offer us is truth. Sorry, yeah, to, to me, the, the big bad is, is the Matrix. It's um, this illusionary, illusionary world that we kind of create for ourselves. And um, I, I, whilst I was watching this film, I kind of kept on asking about this idea of the real because I think Morpheus references he says um, this is the desert of the real Nia goes through this journey to ascend to a different plane of existence so it's not just in the matrix and out of the matrix it's um apparently in in hinduism um they believe that we're currently living in in maya which is is the elusive reality so that would be the matrix right and the purpose is to, to ascend to the Brahman, which is the eternal godly realm. Then there's Buddhism, who have a sim- similar idea of a, an elusive world called samsara. And it sees the goal of enlightenment as detaching ourselves from the suffering of this world, suffering and attachment to this world. Then you've got Christianity, where um, we live on this world until we die, and then we've got to make a choice of whether we believe or not to be accepted into heaven. And there's so many instances throughout different religions. I could I could literally go on um, of this
0: idea of we are in one state, but it's not the true state. So in that case, then in the Matrix, let's take let's take this idea of we're in one existence, and essentially through most of the religions. The core values of that religion say it basically is that you, if you follow the core values of the religion, you end up in the better in on on a better plane of existence, whether it be heaven, whether it be, you know, paradise, whatever you want to call it. So, in that case, then in the matrix, which one is the matrix? Is it you know is is that the one we're trying to escape from to get to the better place, or is actually in is because the real world? humans are slave, well humans are bred they are power sources and those that are freed live a very difficult underground existence and actually like because i think when we talked about doing this you said cypher's a really interesting character because he is he has a small villainous role to play should we say but actually he's he's decided um that he doesn't want the real world because the real world is is a, is a horrible place and he wants to go back to the matrix
1: it's, it's one of those things of like, what would you rather, right? It's like, what would you rather? Would you rather live in a world that doesn't exist, but um, kind of gives you a certain amount of pleasure, but it's it's not real. Would you rather live in a world that potentially has suffering? Because if you think about the life that they live, um, you know, on board in Nebuchadnezzar, it doesn't paint this place as a, a good place to live. You know, they're, they're in threadbare clothes. They're um, eating goop. Um, which isn't meant to be food. Um,
0: why would you choose that life? Exactly. And even even um, when Tank first talks about, um, when, first, when he first tells Neo about Zion, the last remaining human city, where is it? It's underground near the Earth's core where it's still warm. You know, it, it's not, it doesn't exactly sound like, uh, you know, like the most enjoyable place on Earth to live, you know, in the world to live, does it? So it's an interesting question. It's an interesting thing here that in, in the film, the hero's journey is to escape from the matrix into the real world, but in reality, in in the in the lives that we live, and in religion, if if people follow that follow a religion, the idea is that actually you escape from, or you when you leave the real world, you go into that better place, the better plane of existence, a better place of existence, which I suppose in many ways would be the matrix because you you know you. That the idea is obviously, you said, if you follow the values, you live a good life, you will be rewarded in the afterlife or in this other plane of existence, whatever and wherever it may be.
1: The, the difference is you're thinking from a Christian point of view, whereas the Eastern religions are a little, little bit different. So, for example, Buddhism, it's more about accepting suffering and through acceptance of suffering that you can... Ascends to this position where, in theory, you ascend to a position where you're egoless, that you believe that we are all all the same, and um, you let go of of um, kind of the the illusions um, that society kind of gives us.
0: Uh, and so, that, you said that's Buddhism, right? Yeah. So, in Buddhism, then is the idea that would you say the idea is more that people are searching, let's put it again in the context of the film, people are searching to get out of the Matrix to live in the real world, even though the real world is much more unpleasant than the Matrix?
1: It's it's quite difficult because we're, we're getting across purpose of terms almost um, because the, the, the Matrix the film is quite complex because you get pulled out of the Matrix and then you start living in this Matrix and then almost he's got to um, live within this this real world where he has to forego kind of like suffering and get to a point of enlightenment, but he only finds that through going into the matrix again. So it's a bit complex, but if you were to uh, a good, a good way to see that the matrix, I think, and this, this, I think like sums it up quite perfectly and that this can't be by coincidence is Plato's allegory of the cave.
0: Have you heard of this? Uh, no, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to educate me, which I always look forward to on the podcast. I always try and learn something from you. <laughs> so,
1: the allegory of the cave was um, Plato wrote it as as if Socrates was speaking with his brother, um, as as often he did do in many of his teachings. And Socrates was was talking to Plato's brother, and he was um, explaining how society, or, or the world, or the people in the world. He describes a group of people who, who live chained to a wall of a cave all their lives, facing a blank wall. The people watch shadows projected onto this wall from lights that are behind them, kind of like a projector screen and someone doing kind of like hand, hand puppets or, or something like that.
0: Shadow puppetry, love it.
1: Shadow, shadow puppet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, behind the 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 projector is actually the entrance to the cave or the exit to the cave the um kind of enlightened individual is the person who can see past the illusion of the, the hand puppets turned behind him and exit the cave now the problem with exiting the cave is that's all they've you've known all your life and you'll actually defend that cave <laughs> you know defend its existence going outside into the real world is painful you the sunlight hurts your eyes there's so, so many different things to learn about it's suffering but once you have gone outside you can't turn your you, you can't go, then go back into the cave so it's it's very This allegory is very close to the Buddhist idea of enlightenment. Like once you've, you've seen past the illusions of, of life and to put it into like some kind of um, modern world context, if you think the hand puppets are actually social media. So let's say for example, Instagram or TikTok or these kind of things where we're presented with this idea of culture. In, in quotations, culture. This is a world that you want to live, like going on these amazing holidays, being really beautiful. But these are just illusionary concepts because we know, and and everyone knows this, that these people don't live this life all the time. They're taking photographs, they're using Photoshop, you know, they're just showing this illusionary world. But, and and, um there's this guy called <laughs> there's this guy called Guy Um Debord, who who wrote a book called Society of the Spectacle, and which um Keanu was actually told to read as part of um, this role. And it, it argues that human beings have become so used to technology and so technology driven that they've forgotten how to actually live through their experiences. So instead of living through first-hand experiences. We'll live through someone else's life, right? So we'll kind of like look at the Instagram and kind of visit all these places through this device. And what it does to our minds is it, it makes representation and appearance as being like the highest form of, of culture. The, and we compare our lives to, to to this represented life. And because our life is never at that point, we are always wanting. We're wanting more and wanting more, wanting more, and we'll constantly be fighting for the shadow puppets in the cave, unless we break free of this and, and start living. And, and it's through life, through choice, through struggle, through um, you know, through, through failure that actually we will be rewarded ultimately the most in life. And the, this this again, this this is for me like the crux of the film is like, um, and, and how it relates to me in my life is like, yes, I can look towards someone else's life and see how they have represented or, or society has represented what I should be doing in life. Or I can go through the more difficult task of choice about going out there, about learning about myself, about trying new things. Say, for example, like salsa dancing. Like, I don't want to do that because I'm going
0: to look like a fucking
1: fool doing it.
0: I think think you're fetching in a nice salsa
1: dress. (laughs) (laughs) But if I try it, shit, I might actually enjoy it. But you only get that through first-hand experience. You can't get that through a um, second-hand knowledge. So um, back to the cave... So- Socrates, his his argument was the only way we can live a fulfilled life and an enlightened life was to educate ourselves. And he was speaking about, you know, the mathematics, he was speaking about the sciences and stuff, but it goes further than that. It, it goes into like human experiences. It's, it goes into like trying new things. It's It goes into um, living a truly authentic life. And there's this... Uh, Great quote by um, Debord. And he says, like lost children, we live our unfinished adventures. And I think that's that's great. Like lost children, we live our unfinished adventures. The idea is when we were a child, we would automatically do this, right? We would live all these kind of um, dreams. We would just gravitate towards them. And there was no ego behind it. There was no um, posturing, there was no kind of like, if I do this, then someone will look at me and give me kind of validation in my life. We did things for the sake of doing them. We tried things for the sake of trying them. And I, I think if we can live a little bit more like that, if we can try um, and um, be brave and um, head out into the the bright kind of world, the, there's... An opportunity to kind of ascend to something that's more authentic and more real and um it's going to be better life
0: so in that case then what is what do you think is the end game for neo and morpheus death (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry i thought thought you meant me that's everyone then (laughs) we're all getting there one day um so yeah but in back to the film then what is the end game? What is the what is the um, education, the adventure, the experience that the the humans who have who have been freed from the matrix? What's their end game? What are they what are they what are they aiming for? So um,
1: Socrates um, talks about this as well. So once you've learned about this new world yourself, the next thing to do is to free other people within the cave. So it's it's it, he talks about it in, in terms of returning to the cave. Why would you want to go back to the cave? And um, they do that in in the Matrix, right? I think they even do it in the second film. It's like they start going back into the Matrix and Neo
0: starts freeing people from from the Matrix. I suppose the objective is to free all the humans from the Matrix. Yeah. To what end are they doing that? Obviously, if you you are freed
1: yourself and... you you are able to live this life of uh, meaning,
0: purpose, authenticity, then surely that you would want that for others, right? This is what I bring up because I think it's an interesting thing, right? Because to come back to this idea that we, we, we are all the one or we can all be the one because obviously the one is able to exist in the real world and in the matrix on a higher level than everyone else. He's able to do things and understand things that other people can't do and understand. And what I think what's interesting is that their goal is to free all the humans from the Matrix, to free everyone's mind so they get the chance to live free and think for themselves and make their own choices and not be slaves, basically. And that, on the face of it, is a really good thing. And this is where I think Cypher is such an interesting character because he has been freed, he's seen what the real world is like, and he's chosen not to go on the hero's journey because he would rather go back into the matrix, live a life where there is perceived pleasure and perceived enjoyment, even if it's perceived and he knows it's not real, but he says ignorance is bliss. And I think this is where it's so interesting because I think in order to fully, well, I think for most, for, for, for the most part, if you were to say to the general populace of the world... <laughs> do you want to live in this free state of mind where you're not a slave? Of course, everyone would say yes. But I think in the context of The Matrix, what's interesting is if you gave people those two choices and said, you can live in the real world and it's like this, we the sky is scorched, we live underground, we're hunted by machines and we're trying to free ourselves from these machines. And once we free ourselves, that's basically the destruction of technology and we, we start from ground zero, basically. It is, it's an interesting question as to how many people would actually want that. Because I think... To come back to the whole thing again so we are all the one or we can all be the one it's a question of does everyone want to be the one and can everyone be the one because i suppose if you think about it in the real world neo is able to live as the one and he's able to kind of take himself out of all the not taking myself out of but he's almost able to uh, absorb and rise above all the suffering that comes with the real world because he's the one. So it's just, it's just, it's kind of an interesting thought that, that their goal is to free humanity from slavery. But actually we've got a character right in the middle of it who wants to go back into that existence, which kind of, it poses an interesting question as to which one would you choose?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, but I think equally we, we are living in a world like that. I, I don't think um, it's news to anyone that like we shouldn't be living for social media. And yet, yeah, we all, in in different degrees, do it. So, so yeah. So I mean, it's this life ain't cut out for everyone. Like so, so some people will just want to um, live. Live. Um, I, I think. I think there's many ciphers around. I really do like. Um, and I don't think it's it's necessarily a case of judging that. It's. Um, his purpose and um, what he wants from for his life um, seems very defined and um, thought out. He's not an unintelligent person. Um, he, he's one of the um, most like he's, he's one of the smarter people in the film. And um, having him as like a almost like a little Loki kind of like character. Uh, he, he, he's so important to it for me. He is Neo. He's like the unrealized Neo, isn't he? Yeah, and there's n- there's there's no real answer to that. Um, uh, apart from from an individual perspective, like what what do you want your life to be? Do you want it to be lived for society? Do you want it to be lived for this consumer culture that doesn't care about you, or do you want to live from an individualistic perspective or or for a purpose that matters to you, for people that you love, that's that's the difference, isn't it? Like Cipher chooses to work for the thing that doesn't care for him, whereas Neo chooses to work for the people who kind of love him and um, and have have an honest objective.
0: Yeah, and I, so I think that's why, and that's why I think he is a really interesting character. And therefore, I do wonder if perhaps the lesson. Is maybe slightly rephrased. So rather than perhaps rather than say the Matrix teaches us that we are all the one, maybe it's telling us that we all could be the one. But it's about that choice. It's about because obviously, you know, Cypher, he has he he knows the truth, he knows the real world, but he has not chosen the hero's path that Neo has chosen. He's decided he doesn't want to be the one, he wants to go back into back into the matrix. So I think it's, yeah, I think it, you're right. It shows us that we can all be the one, but it just, it, that just kind of, Cypher's character just poses that little question that says, maybe not everyone wants to be the one. Yeah, no, I think you're right, actually. But it, it's a kind of life, it's, like, it. it's, it's, the, <laughs> it's the same as real life though, isn't it? Because like you've said, you know, people, people have their own um, choices, their own preferences, their own belief system. There's plenty of people that go through life wanting to always you know that they had they're so driven to just keep going up and up and up whether it be the ladder in terms of what they achieve financially what they achieve with their career how many places they've seen what you know whether it be someone on Instagram who wants to get more and more you know what's become more and more high profile and then you've got some people who just don't care about that they just want to live a life where they are happy and contented and you know whatever it might be there's everyone's different aren't they and I think it's that's why that's why it's such an interesting discussion, because, yeah, perhaps we could all be the one. But be another interesting question is, if everyone wanted to be the one, what would happen? You know, th- th- how how would life work? Because we're so, you know, if you think about whether it be in, let uh, to take it back into the real world, you kind of need the spectrum of people that that operate at different levels and have different goals and ambitions and stuff because you need you need everyone to be to you need everyone to like play their role in order for stuff to work so it's just kind of interesting to say you know that's what i mean so maybe not we are we're not all the one but we all could be it's just those ones that that choose to choose to be the one are the ones that kind of rise rise to that level
1: yeah i think there's a distinction between um wanting something and, and success and really knowing why you want it and why you want to be successful and when you're doing something for because it's you come from a position of like not having or or not possessing that you, you know maybe you're doing it for your ego maybe you're doing it to be um like as a salve for for, for the, the kind of sufferings in the, in the world when you're when you're pursuing something I I saw a very good um, quote that probably (laughs) illustrates this better than I would. And it says, when you have unconflicted self-esteem, joy is our motor, not fear. It is happiness that we wish to experience, not suffering we wish to avoid. Our purpose is self-expression, not self-avoidance, self-justification. Our motive is not to prove our worth but to live our possibilities. So again, to bring us back to the idea of being a child, is like they live in a world of possibilities of what, what could happen. Oh, it'd be interesting if I did this, it'd be interesting if I do that. It's it's curiosity. You're doing things to, to um, almost like play in, in the world, as opposed to, oh, I'm not good looking enough, I'm not successful enough, I, I don't have this enough, and so I will do this. And I, I think, like, if life is a verb, which it
0: is, it's like, why are you doing that verb? I agree with you. I think the the whole, it's the why that's the important bit, isn't it? Because everyone has a right to make whatever choices that they want to make. And, that you know, so take me, for example. I am not someone who strives to be the CEO of a company one day. That's never been me that's never been my goal some people are and that's great you know they they are so driven and they're so motivated to you know they've got a real goal in mind that they want to get to and that will be when they reach that that's that's their that's kind of they've achieved that goal my goal has never been or actually i should rephrase that really because now i i understand that that's not the person i am because obviously As you grow up and as you kind of go through life you figure out who you are and what you want and stuff and i have just come to realize over i've well basically i've just come to realize what makes me happy and what i get joy from so you said about a lot of it is about joy and not not fear it's not the you don't do something because it uh, because you're afraid of what will happen if you don't do it you do something because of the joy you'll get from it so i've just i've learned over over my experiences that becoming let's say again just because career is such an easy thing to kind of relate it to i know i've 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 learned over my life that being climbing the ladder up a up a company or within a career is not something that's going to give me joy. it's other things that give me joy so that i i'm you know i'm I'm someone who is very aware of what makes me happy and what I find fulfilling and I think that, yeah, so that's why I think that your your reason for doing something the why behind you do something is is more important than what that thing is because it's all about the motivation. And I think in, you know, again, to bring it back to all this idea of being the one, there's a, there's a moment in the film where, uh, when Morpheus and, and, um, and, and, and Neo or Thomas Anderson sort of first meet and Morpheus says, you've always known that there's something not quite right with the world. So it suggests that, that he's always had this feeling that being in the matrix is not quite right for him. And that's almost why he is, that that, that, fir, that first little step there says that he's kind of, he's different to all the other people who do exist in the Matrix, because he kind of knows something's not quite right. So therefore, he's kind of already taken that first step to sort of, towards becoming the one. Whereas to bring it out to Cypher, Cypher was taken out of the Matrix, and he's realized after having that experience, he's not the one, the Matrix is what he wants, because that's that he knows he would get more pleasure from that or more satisfaction from that than than the truth that Morpheus has has offered and given to him. So yeah, it's all about like motivations behind choices. And that's why I say, you know, so it's not perhaps it's not that we are all the one. It's just that we all could be if we if that's what we want, if that's what we want to do, if that's what we choose to do and if that's what we're motivated to do.
1: Yeah, and um as to you kind of Mentioned there, it's it's not a okay. case. So you know, you're saying you, you don't want to be a CEO, but there are the people who want to play that game, and and that's great.
0: And I'm 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 almost in awe of those people a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, and but it's the distinction is that they're living an authentic life in the sense of they're not doing it to please someone else, not doing it um, to show other people they're not, not doing it to have power o- over different people. They're enjoying playing that game. And, um, you know, we, we don't know why we're interested in doing different things. And, and that's something that's quite exciting. I think the fact that you are this like little snowflake that is inspired to do different things and you'll try different things and things will push your buttons or they won't. And, and that's a great thing about films as well. It's very subjective, right? It's like, what will touch you? What will speak to you won't necessarily speak to me. And talking of which, I think be, uh, that's a good place to stop because we've been talking for quite a while. Um, <laughs> and um, maybe we should um, line up our next film, which I believe is There Will Be Blood. Ooh. <laughs> what a film. So it's going to be a, a really interesting episode. And I think we've really found it difficult to articulate a good title for this.
0: But do you want to introduce the title okay so it is quite vague because i think at this point we will probably when we get into the discussion of this film we'll probably, we'll probably go in several different directions but at the moment it will be there will be blood teaches us the dangers of building walls and we'll leave it quite vague at that point um, and if you've seen the film you'll probably kind of have a idea of what, what we're getting at but i think at this stage, we'll just we'll kind of develop on that as we go through the discussion. I think yeah, that's probably the best best way to say it for now.
1: I think that's a great way to say it because honestly, I re- really need to watch it again <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah so so let's do that let's watch it again and we'll reconvene next week, Nick, for another great episode um hopefully we', we we've done the matrix episodes and um, justice and um and I, I know from my point of view, I want to be a little bit more a little bit more aware and live a little bit more proactively to maybe like follow, follow my kind of hero's path. I don't know. <laughs> How about you, Nick?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. No, I think, I think I've really enjoyed this one. I think there's, as as we said before, there's so much to talk about in the matrix. It's a, it's a genuine classic film. That's had such a massive influence on pop culture, on cinema it's had such a huge influence on all sorts of stuff. It's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant film. And I suppose uh, maybe I'll just say, try and sum it up. We talked about the fact that The Matrix shows us that we can all be the one. It's just kind of says to say that we can be whatever we want to be once we find the right reason for it. And I think I'll just leave it there because I've really enjoyed chatting about it. It's been really good. And I'm really looking forward to There Will Be Blood. Very different film. And I think when we talked about this, this probably has a legitimate claim to be one of the best films in the last 20 years. Legitimately, it's that good. Um, And I'm looking forward to watching it again. It's a super intense viewing experience. Daniel Day-Lewis is incredible. So I'm looking forward to having a chat about that next week.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, And so I think the only thing left to do is to maybe um a shout out for all the people who've rated the podcast and who have downloaded it and listened to it like we're wanting to to grow it so um if you're if if you haven't rated it um you could do that on itunes or wherever you listen to the
0: podcast that would be
1: fantastic
0: yeah i fully i fully endorse that thank you and again big thank you to those that have listened so far we've been genuinely kind of surprised by how many people have listened um so thanks for joining us again uh, and we look forward to talking to you next time Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.